Hey, what's up? Today we are talking with Bryce Butler, the drummer of Shadow of Intent. We talk about a bunch of stuff like their come up right now, these super sick tours that they're doing, and then also just his career as a drummer and what his plans are. And it's really good conversation, really good dude. But first, one of the best ways you can support the podcast is by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're currently listening on. We are one of the fastest growing metal podcasts in the world, and leaving that review helps push us to the algorithm and to people that might not have heard us otherwise. Our goal is to show the lived experiences of different musicians and different people that have worked in the industry and to inspire people to want to be involved and want to reach out into their dreams by hearing the experiences on this podcast. So you leaving a five-star review pushes us to someone that might not have heard it if you hadn't, and you might change someone's life. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth trying to get people to leave reviews, but really that's what we're talking about. We're just trying to reach people to inspire them to get involved in the music industry. So again, if you could, leave a five-star review, and uh, I would appreciate that greatly. Let's get into the podcast with Bryce Butler of Shadow of Intent. I'm Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burn This World podcast. Sweet. I am yes. here with uh, Bryce Butler, the Jason Richardson of drumming. Huh? <laughs> How does that make you feel? That's, that's fucking an honor because Jason fucking shreds. <laughs> right. Well, you're starting to hit that, right? You're filling in for a bunch of big bands, and you're in one of the big hype bands that's doing a lot of good stuff right now. So, I mean, it almost feels like you're that. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I don't think so, but I, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> well, see, no one, no one can under, ever like appreciate their like come up while they're in it. You know, it's not until yeah. after whenever you're like, dang, look at this. You know? Um, yeah, I guess that's true. And, point. and so I uh, I think you're killing it. How old are you, by the way? I turned 30 yesterday. Heck yeah, 30 boys. That's us. Hell yes, dude. <laughs> How old are you? Uh, 31. Fuck yes, dude. Yeah, honestly, like, I'm, I can't wait to continue aging. I know that sounds weird, but um, I honestly think that, like, the prime of my life is going to be when I'm, like, 45. You know, it's so cool that you say that because I was like always so worried about turning 30 when I was younger. Yeah. Because I thought it was like old, you know, every kid like thinks 30 is old. <laughs> yeah. But, but every like, it's basically like you're saying every, like the most successful, I mean, there's obviously, there's always exceptions, but I feel like the majority of the most successful musicians that I've met and the people that are the most at peace with themselves in their lives are like late thirties, yeah. early middle forties, every single person. Yeah. And I've, I've forgot who exactly I was listening to that said this, but it really changed my perspective on a lot. And they said, uh, your twenties is for risking it all. Then your thirties is for like establishing where you're going to be and what you're going to do. And then your forties is for making money. And so it's like people make the majority of their money in their like forties. Like, so anytime before that, like just find where you're going to be, figure out what you're going to do, get your place. And then whenever you're in your forties and later, that's when you start making all the money in your life. Whenever like everyone's so stressed about finding their career when they're 22 years old and then like trying to make as much money as possible, then it's like, no, you got some freaking time. 
to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it's, it's cool that you say that. Cause I'm, I feel like I've been realizing that more and more, like, especially over the last year, like 29 yeah. it was like a really, it was like a, a really cool year for me. I feel like it's maybe 29 was probably like the best year. What made it so cool? Actually. Um, I think, well, one, I, I met my girlfriend that I have now. It's like the love of my life. That's a, uh, that's a bonus. Like so um, <laughs> but also just like, you know, I've, I'm not anymore, but like not that long ago, I was in like literally 13 bands <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm only in like three. Yeah. Like actually like two active bands that even like tour or do anything really. Yeah. So it's really not much anymore, but I used to do that like so much. Um, and it's, I think it's just so cool to like be, I mean, I've been full-time in shadow since I was, had just turned like 28, I think. Yeah. Um, I started playing with him when I was 27, but just for, just to like, it's like the perfect band for me. It's like exactly what I want to play. It's perfect for my style, but also to just like, I've been touring since I was 16. Yeah. And I, you know, we, we, you got to eat a lot of shit, man. You know, like the first eight, the first eight years of touring, I didn't make a penny. Yeah. And, you, you know, sleeping on fucking the concrete with a blanket and pillow outside of a Walmart yeah. because there's not room inside the vent, you know, like, you know. And so, like, I feel like all of that had, like, added up and Shadow is really starting to take off now. And yeah. I just think it's just so cool to feel that and to like truly be a part of it and to like actually be in the band. This was also like the record that we just put out in January was my first record with them. But like, also I've played on like 30 records, but no one's ever heard anything that I've ever played on really. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, you know, it's almost all local bands, nothing like any of the bigger bands that I've ever played with. It was just always session stuff. Like I'm just filling in for somebody and I'm playing somebody else's drum parts. Yeah. So for the first time in my life, after like working so hard to like play shows and have fans responding to drums that I actually recorded. Yeah. I was literally crying at shows like, <laughs> yeah. And like, dude, the tours that we just, it, it's like insane. The last two tours that we just did, the last one was fucking Azalea Dying in Whitechapel, and the one before that was like Cannibal Corpse in Whitechapel. Right. And like, if you would have told me when I was fucking 16 that I would tour with Cannibal Corpse or Azalea Dying or Whitechapel, yeah. I'd tell you you're fucking high. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just like, you know, just like feeling your work pay off. I think that really, really set in. Uh, when I was 29. Yeah. Well, and especially yeah. if you've been with uh shadow of intent since 2018 or so, um, uh, 2019, 2019. Yeah. So you really came in on their biggest explosion of like right. being up there. So like, cause shadow of intent is, is <laughs> of bands that get mentioned. I, I talk a lot to like my, my own fans and to just a bunch of people. I do posts all the time of like what bands are it right now. And Shadow of Intent is pretty much the third, the third most mentioned band in anything like that. Um, Damn, that's so. Sick. Yeah, it's like Take it. It, it's it's sick, <laughs> and it's like the best time. And I've always loved uh, the Shadow of Intent stuff too. Um, and I feel like um, even with the newest stuff, it's uh, 
it's even a little more unique uh, than what Shadow of Intent has done in the past too, um, using a li- like a lot of melodics. Shadow of Intent's always had melodics because also being with the Browning, like anytime any sort of symphonic stuff comes up, I've always have people talking to me about it. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Shadow of Intent's always been on my radar. Um, but So it's so sick to see you doing such good tours um, and really being up there and doing it. And so you as the drummer, um, like you said you were in 13 bands. Like drummers are the only people that are like that. Um, oh, yeah. And I th- I, You know, I was actually, my you know, my buddy fucking Cody Warden, you just interviewed yeah. Silvercord. I was literally listening to y'all's podcast earlier today. Yeah. And y'all y'all talking about that. And yeah. just you're right. I mean, it is really crazy how no one is as needed as like an extreme metal drummer right now. Yeah. It's yep. so crazy. Yeah, it's just it's it's the most the most important person live besides the vocalist and even some bands more so. Um because especially with being on click tracks now dude yeah yeah everything is like there's there's like i'm not fucking i'm not paying a fucking orchestra every show dog (laughs) like get the fuck out of here that shit's backtracked yeah so like come on you know like (laughs) (laughs) i had i had a fan dude everyone is like done yeah (laughs) i i had some people commenting on my stuff like uh, oh where do you guys want to see us next you know that typical post and uh some dude was like, I just need to see you guys with a keyboard. Like, stop running the stuff on backtracks. I'm like, what do you expect? Like, do you want me to have 10 keyboard players on stage? Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do here? And uh, are you in the, it's like, are you, do you ride with us? Do you see how much extra space we don't have for more people? <laughs> exactly. Like, are you kidding me, bro? Like, and all this, it's so, it's always so funny to me that, I mean, I guess how could they think of this if they're like not, if they don't do it for a living? Yeah. But it is so funny to me that so many people like always say that they're like, it's so stupid that people are backtracking shit. And it's like, if you understood the logistics of why we do that, it's like, I didn't tour for fucking 13 or 14 years to still make no money on tours just to make that guy happy and right. have a full orchestra and go home with no money. Like that's yeah. fucking stupid. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean? Like there's a reason that that's not realistic for a lot of bands. Like there's very few bands that can not only afford to take like a choir out, but you know, yeah. Yeah, anyone extra like you, it, like even, how, how, how do, how do people not think about what goes into this? I think they think every <laughs> band our size tours and buses like you know and it's just i think that there's this huge misconception like i mean corn has like three buses when they're on tour and a diesel but like you know bands our size are still maybe max you know we do a bus in europe but maybe do a sprinter or something in the states you know it's just right like if we're fucking super super lucky we'll fucking like when we do headline tours like we'll do a bandwagon exactly but like that's like that's like the kingest shit that, <laughs> that we can imagine well, yeah, or I mean, going to Europe and and doing a bus, but you're fucking doing it with four, there's three people. other bands yeah, on it, dog. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how luxurious? Like yeah, it's cool to be on a bus, but like how luxurious is it when there are 22 people <laughs> you have to fucking wait on the bathroom for you? Exactly. And you can't even poop. <laughs> like come on. <laughs> yeah, and it's just um, I think people that haven't been in it just don't and that's one thing i like doing with this podcast is having people see the realistic side of how this stuff goes down really 
because um, yeah. even even a lot of local bands have a massive misconception. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it whenever bands are in their come up like uh, like you are currently, there there starts to become more availability for budget. But it also you're required to spend more money on certain things. Like if you are taking out a sound guy and a merch guy and a light guy and a tech and a you know, you get to you get to eight or nine people pretty quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, absolutely, it's just not. It's, it's it is very difficult. And um, being the drummer, there's a little bit more even responsibility there because like you have the most annoying gear. You have the most the most to do. Oh you know, on the setup. Yeah. And I still don't, that's the thing. I'm fucking cheap and I like money. So I don't, I don't want to fucking hire a drum tech yep, yet. Exactly. Either. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, bro. <laughs> yeah. The most I'll do is, well, I'll have the photographer that we take out with us, like check it before the show, like do a line check on it. And that's it. Oh, that's so sick. That, that's the closest <laughs> we get to a drum tech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can do both on this tour. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. And um, so being a part of, you said right now you're with like three bands consistently, like even that for a lot of people is, seems a bit extreme, but again, drummers, I think are the people that need to be doing that and bands are in such need of. So who all are you doing stuff with right now besides Shadow Intent? So basically the only other band that really, um, that I'm like, currently going to be recording like with soon and also like playing shows with is uh still circuit of sons okay um but danny danny walker he's played with with, he did like the last job for a cowboy album that they put out he's played for like a bunch of people he's like also in the band yeah because i can't like because shadow like always has to get first priority yeah. So anytime that happens, he'll like fill in. Okay. So. But that's like, and but they're also in. I'm in Connecticut now, um, and so they all they live in New York, and it's only like a two hour drive. So it's cool. like, like that's still like you already know, dude. That's a fucking shorter drive than driving <laughs> to fucking Austin and Houston. Yeah, exactly. State. <laughs> so like driving to two hours to New York is like nothing because I've fucking driven in Texas 29 years. Yeah, for sure. Um. But that's all I'm really doing, like at least like up here. Okay. And then I still have like there's still like multiple studio projects, like at least like four or five projects that I have still in Dallas that's yeah. just like we'll just make music and put For it sure. out. You know what I mean? Because it's it's sick and why not? So you uh, uh, actual bands that I'm like committed to they're like up in the area. It's really yeah. just two and and really, really like circuit is just been writing a lot. So it's really only really been shadow for a while, which well, that, it probably feels nice. Probably a big relief it, off your shoulders. So good dude. Yeah. Like, cause I've, I've been doing, I'm like super stubborn and I quit the last normal job I had was like over six years ago. Um, like washing dishes at a sushi restaurant, making like fucking eight, $800 a month working like 50 hours a week. It was yeah. like so brutal. And I quit and i don't know man it's just i feel like i've been had to be so busy for so long like just literally because like i didn't want to have a normal job i just i wanted to be a professional drummer even if i barely made it and so i barely made it like basically for this is like the first year that i've made over twenty 
thousand dollars. Like literally the last five years of my life, six years of my life, I've lived off of less than 20 grand Yeah, because I was just fucking stubborn. And I was like, I, I know I'm meant to be a professional drummer. And if that means that I have to play, like literally, if that means I have to play in 13 bands just to barely afford rent and food, that's what I'm going to do. Right. You know what I mean? And then you're never so even home. I'm glad that I did. But at the same time, it just became normal. Yeah, for sure. And now that it's not normal, I actually have like time to think about it. And yeah, this is, it's definitely relieving. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you can free up your time for so many other creative endeavors. Um, you know, and especially since you do have, uh, you know, the one main one that's really popping off right now. And especially, they, you guys just announced a headliner as well. Like, you guys are going to be busy with the momentum that you got going on right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's really nice. And then doing, like, ma- these massive tours, it's just, yeah, I, I can imagine, like, the feeling that you guys are having right it's now. Fucking, it doesn't feel real, dog. Like, yeah. you, like, it just... I think that's something that I really like about it is that like, just be, I'm grateful that I had to eat shit for so long because I feel like I'll I'll never lose my head. Yeah. Like even when we're fucking, you know, even one day when we're fucking like playing stadiums and making mad money, like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm still going to be so grateful to have a bus because I'll never forget sleeping in cracks (laughs) or sleeping, sitting up in the van. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we I had can never forget that shit. A hundred percent. This I, is really cool. I think it's really important um, for people to have that experience, and um, so yeah, I, I can appreciate exactly right where you guys are, and um, so like as a, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast that are like starting up musicians or looking to, um, you know, kind of live the life that um, you or I get to live. Um, and so beyond luck, like how, how can someone put themselves in your position? Do you think that you out there grinding with so many different bands, put you in the position to get the shadow of intent gig? Um, it definitely did. Um, I started, I got my first tour on fucking Craigslist dog. (laughs) Like I was 16 years old, a sophomore in high school. And I talked to my parents and I was like, yo, I've been playing drums since I was three years old. Y'all knew, I yeah. fucking was and was this was gonna happen eventually. I want to pursue this and start touring. Is that something I can do? Like if I just do it like in the summer when I'm not in school? And they're like, only if it's a Christian band because I was raised super <laughs> yeah. Christian. So I was like, fuck it, I don't give a shit if I have to join a Christian band just to tour. I will. And I literally Google like Googled Christian touring band, and an ad came up on Craigslist, and I tried out and I got it. <laughs> and that's how it started. That's it. And a lot, a lot of my shit, like I, I feel like, I was talking to my buddy, um, Matt Kowalski, like just like an hour ago. He's like the original Shadow drummer, and he's currently the drummer of Oceano. And we were like talking about this about how he feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of opportunities are gotten on actual tours but at the same time i can say just as easily at least 50 percent of the gigs i've gotten dude is literally from just setting up a fucking phone or investing a hundred and 150 dollars in a zoom q2 in it's yeah. 150 bucks and it's like 4k or just use your phone or whatever and just video yourself and just post it yeah, And I know that sounds like easy and silly, but I legitimately, like I said, have gotten at least half of my gigs just from posting a video of me doing my thing, 
Yeah. And saying like, you know, if I wanted to tour, I said I w- I'm available for tours or like when I wanted to get into session work and I had never done it. I just started by saying I'm available for session work. I don't fucking know. And then people straight up will see that you are capable at what you're trying to do. And somebody is going to fucking message you. Yeah. For and sure. yeah, of course, it's probably going to be somebody in like a, a starting out band, like, you know, touring. Like if you have zero resume, you're probably going to start doing tours that are like, you know, not that sick. But like, you've got to pay your dues. Yeah. You know, like I like like you said, I feel like I wouldn't even deserve to play for a thousand people a night if I hadn't played to one, you know, five people a night, literally more times than i can count or just yeah. the sound guy like no people <laughs> yeah literally playing the sound guy yeah i can't even count how many times i've done that for sure you know yeah so i do think the most important thing that you could do to to try to rein back and answer your question <laughs> is to just genuinely just invest the most important thing you can do is invest in a way to record yourself like whether you're any like guitarist whatever if you're a guitarist invest in like a cheap interface a cheap plug-in you don't even need like an amp and mics and shit anymore a cheap interface it's like 150 bucks an amp sim that's like 50 bucks reaper is fucking free it's not supposed to be but it is (laughs) download that shit for free record yourself use your phone that you already own like it costs 350, 400 bucks. And now you went from no one being able to see what you can do, just telling people to people actually being able to see what you can do. Yeah. And especially so if you're doing hundred bucks if you and do that covers can turn this. into so many jobs, Yeah, you know, like truly. Yeah, I agree. And if you do covers and stuff like bands, watch covers, like it doesn't matter yeah. if it's one that gets 50 views on that, YouTube. That's actually, that's actually a good point that you say that that's like, I, sh- I should have said that like, like, more specifically, I think you're right. Like, you just like if you're just fucking around on the drums of the guitar, like that's cool, but that's it's not going to draw people in as much as something that they know. Yeah. And so, like, I think you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, the best thing that you can do is cover something that's. I mean, it sounds silly, but dude, cover something that's popular. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cover something that's popular and people will see it and they will show someone else. And that's that's all it takes is someone's going to show like inevitably somebody is going to see it. And all it takes is it to be the right person. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And knows that guy and that's it. You know. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then you will get no interactions. And if you do, you might get some. So it's better to do it than to not. Exactly. <laughs> You know exactly. Uh, how do you feel about a lot of these metal drummers going to like country bands and stuff? Dude, again, I was just talking to Matt about this. Uh, <laughs> Pablo from yeah. Chelsea Grin left. Fitford King. Now he's doing three. Super sick. Uh, Jared from fucking Fitford King, same thing. Left to go do giant country. I think that's fucking sick. Yeah. Like, and also like this isn't the same thing, but like Aaron Stakonner like not playing in the faceless anymore and like he's still technically in in like the other band that he started but like his main thing is drugs now he joined drugs yeah so he gets to play fucking sick like fucking post-hardcore music that's super easy and like just gets to hit hard and like do some chops yeah but he doesn't have to play fucking two 300 bpm double bass anymore (laughs) so it's like i think that's so cool because me and Matt were talking about this earlier, how like we're only 30, dude, but like I love this music, but 
I feel like there's going to be a point when you're, you're going to want to just be solid yeah. and make the same amount of money or more money to ex- exert like a third the amount of force. Oh, for you sure. Know? You can just be a and pocket stress, drummer and like, just make bank. You know how stressed out every single night I get <laughs> when there's like at least one song at 300 BPM and that fucking 300 BPM one-handed fucking – because I can't two-hand it. Because the drummer before me was a man and tracked it with one hand, so I can't be a bitch. I have to <laughs> one hand this 300 BPM blast. Every night that comes up, I fucking stressed out. Every fast double bass part, I'm like, fuck. Kids, <laughs> like, it's kind of crazy being in a band where some kids know some of these songs because yeah. it's like a pressure that, I've, that I, I haven't, I didn't, you don't have when people don't know your songs. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, and I never thought of about that but that's like that's fucking scary right so to not like i really respect the drummers that like i don't know i feel like they got to do what they wanted to do they got to make some dream come to true do some big ass tours cool tours with metal and live their dream and now they're just like i feel like they're just being smart honestly oh yeah i think it's like super cool yeah and especially over uh the covid period like uh, country artists were still t- torn you know they were still doing it all <laughs> i didn't notice that was like so crazy and so cool like literally jared from February king was ripping like that entire time yeah and so it just career wise and money wise especially in the moment it was like a no-brainer and then once you have that it's kind of hard to take a step back down you know um exactly yeah. And, that, and like we mentioned too like there's step i mean a lot of most metal bands are touring in bands man like that's just the reality of it because we yeah. want to make money and that's the easiest way to make money is to not fucking waste six hundred dollars a day seven hundred dollars a day on a bandwagon if you don't need to yeah you know but these country guys have buses dude so like yeah like not only do you are your drum parts way easier and you're you're like get to chill and you get like fucking catering and fucking <laughs> free drinks and all this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like 10,000 people at these shows and you're making more money, but you also get a fucking bus. It's like, yeah. I mean, like you said, it just all around. It's like, I just feel like it's a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone can look at that and be like that. That was the wrong choice. Like, no, that's definitely yeah. the right choice in so many ways because it's not like they can't play metal on the side that like i think that's that's so cool to me that they were even offered that yeah like as being like metal drummers like that's fucking sick dude yeah definitely i think that's super cool i mean any other genre looking at what metal dudes play will be like yeah they can play our stuff for sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that's what's so cool about it is it's like the standard like it's like all right well if you can play 300 bpm then you can play this fucking train beat (laughs) though yeah like a hundred bpm <laughs> yeah and um one thing in the modern like kind of deathcore um overall metal world is i feel like the drumming is getting more extreme oh it's insane yeah like it, it's not with people doing the doubles on the feet um and often archie yeah that fucking motherfucker i love him that's one of my favorite people on the planet yeah that kid I say kid, even though he's like a year or two, two years <laughs> younger than me, maybe. But he's just unbelievable, dude. And like, and that, like you're saying, that's like, that's almost becoming normal now. And you're seeing 
like there's this Russian kid dude yeah. that's 12 years old that has covered almost like three or four of some of the hardest shadow songs. Yeah. 12, like swiveling double bass <laughs> at 260, not even doing doubles, doing singles. Oh, really? And I'm like, oh, my God, this is normal now. We're yeah. fucked. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it is crazy and cool. I, i've mentioned multiple times on the tour or on the podcast how i think austin is by far the best drummer in the metal scene um yeah I mean, like especially for like the deathcore world dude yeah his style is just so signature and so consistent I, I, you said this in in your, your podcast with cody i agree he is the most consistent one of the most consistent live drummers I've ever seen. I've never seen a drummer like especially how big they are now. Like all those kids know how these songs yep. are supposed to sound and how fucking fast that double bass is <laughs> and how stoppy starty it is. Like these super fast double bass runs that stop on a dime and restart on a dime. And every night it's like it's literally sounds perfect. Yeah. It's like it should be impossible. It's crazy. But the kid is just—he's just—he's just doing it. Yeah, and, and they're all like, "That's a band that's just like, what an inspiring story." Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, I was actually talking to my wife about that the other day through all the bull crap they've been through. Um, like now to be on top of it all, and then like with Austin's drumming, I mean, we we toured with them. We did a tour with them in Rings of Saturn a while ago, and Lorna was opening it. Um, oh. Yeah. yeah and it was uh you know really good people so it's just good to see really good people killing it and austin stuff like i was i was me and my drummer were talking about it on this tour we were on and so we hit up austin and asked like we thought he was maybe using like a mesh head or something um but he uses like an emat real deal it's crazy and i just couldn't believe it and uh, i actually started on drums i started playing drums when i was like 11 that's that was i think it's so key for musicians to know how to play drums um, yeah, I think it, it helps everything. Even like whenever I'm like teaching someone guitar songs, I'm like mouthing the drums like the whole time. Cause that's how I keep all my stuff. Like, um, especially with doing, just playing freaking breakdowns the whole time. It's so important <laughs> to know. Well, plus vocalists have to be very like, uh, my favorite vocalists are like super rhythmic people. Yeah. Like, like is probably my favorite, oh, for sure. you know, metal band. And like the way that Yin's like chooses super cool patterns that like add a literally add another it's not like a normal vocal it's like another rhythmic element yeah if he if he wasn't on like if he didn't understand rhythm that it would not be it would not be what it is definitely i, I think it, drums are one of the most important things like if you're a guitarist out there and you can't play like a freaking basic rock beat or a breakdown on drums you need to learn that like now yeah like big i time. agree uh, just It'll for like understanding when when snare hits are and <laughs> to time your crap after that, like it just helps so much. So you mentioned Mashoga, one of your favorites, um, mm-hmm. is uh, Thomas Hake, right? Yeah, is mm-hmm. is was he one of your biggest drum influences? Definitely, he's he might be number one just because he literally changed the way that I. Th- think about drums which i don't think anyone else has ever done yeah what about it like the hi-hat foot thing through every song i oh, did yeah. not know that that was a thing <laughs> before him yeah just and keeping time with that left that foot is, like learning how 
to keep that going, but to still play everything else yeah. is probably that alone was the biggest jump I think I've ever had in my like drumming, like yeah. from not being able to do that to practicing, to being able to do that, everything about my drumming like improved. Yeah. I and feel- then like the jungle beat, like just, just like, I didn't know, I didn't even know what syncopation was until I found Mashuga. Yeah. And then to like getting into it and, and, trying to understand what's actually happening i'm like all right this is like one of the most genius bands ever <laughs> yeah they're, they're crazy and they're all rhythm like their whole thing is just rhythms and patterns and yeah it's it's, it's insane yeah. like like the riffs like that's what's so crazy is like people argue all the time and they're like this riff is in like 13 and it's like i mean it kind of technically is like the, a, a lot of the time the guitar goes over like the bar line. Yeah. But what makes it so groovy is it's like part of their whole formula. Thomas makes every song feel like four with the fucking drum beat. Right. Cause you just put the fucking three on like the snare on three. <laughs> and then at after like, dude, there's literally a song where they have where it takes 32 bars before it turns back around, but it does. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it turns back around 32 fucking bars. Dude. Yeah. And that to me is like, I had never heard music like that. I had never thought about music like that. And so it was like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. This just like it blew my like my world apart. Yeah. In the best way. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean it's some drummers just have this um ability to just do these crazy timings that I can't wrap my head around and how they can do it so consistently, like um I forgot the freaking uh, Lewis King, I think his name is, drummer for, like, Clown Core. Or uh, Lewis Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Lewis Cole. Yeah. Crazy drums. And um, I just, I can really appreciate it. And like like you said with Tom McKay keeping that left foot going on the on the beat the whole time, I can't imagine the, the part of your brain that allows that to happen, you know? <laughs> it, it is serious. It's like, it seriously is, like, insane. And then, like... But I like to even understand, like, that's the thing. I'm so glad I found him because one of my other favorite drummers is definitely like Matt Garska from Animals as Leaders. Yeah. In, in my in my opinion, I think like the the best drummers that are out right now, like in the metal world, I think number one is is uh Matt Garska and I think number two is Luke Holland. Yeah, for sure. But I wouldn't even be able to understand what Matt was doing at all. I still, I, I'm not going to lie. I still don't understand half of what he does. Like <laughs> genuinely, it's just so advanced. It's yeah. like unbelievable. But what I do understand, I wouldn't even understand that if I would have like had it explained to me with like Meshuggah first. Yeah, for sure. It's just like that them dude animals and like car bomb is just like Meshuggah on fucking like <laughs> steroids. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you thought Meshuggah was hard to play? Because it is fucking hard as fuck to play. It's like, you're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Please try to fucking learn like an entire Animals as Leader song that Matt Garsh could track drums on. It's like, I've literally given up every time I've ever tried. (laughs) And so a lot of people listening to this. It's just too above my head. Hello, listener. Look down at your shirt. You're probably wearing a pretty cool shirt, but definitely not as cool as if it was a browning shirt. Head over to thebrowning.net slash merch 
and click on the link to go to our fixed merch store. We have over 30 designs on that with all sorts of different stuff. We have a brand new logo. We use the same logo for like 11 years. Now we have a really sick, cool, modern metal band looking logo with some really sick metal designs uh, that I've paid a lot of money for. Really good designs. And uh, yeah, you'd definitely be wearing a cool shirt if you went to thebrowning.net slash merch and picked up a shirt off of our merch store. I'd really appreciate it. And let's get back into the episode. Yeah, and a lot of people listen to this probably listen to the stuff that you're playing on like the new Shadow of a Tent album. And they're like, you know, how can there be like a leap from what you're doing to what they're doing? Um, mm -hmm. And so it's like, what what can you do to, in your eyes, take yourself to that next level? Or is that even something you are interested in? I actually like that question a lot um, because I have a friend. His name's Alex Cohen. He's a super sick drummer. Yeah. Um, he might be, he might be one of the craziest drummers I've ever seen in my life. Like every other day he's posting a video. Like the other day he posted a 19 over 13 polyrhythm with all four limbs, dude. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even understand what's happening right. at all. Like, what is that? This dude is so good at drums and he practices so much that he genuinely like can't understand how people don't want to get better. Yeah. And like, I've tried to explain to him, like I, I'm sure I could, I know I could get better at drums if I really, really practiced, but like the amount of practice <laughs> and time it would take for me to truly get mm -hmm. anywhere near Magarska, I just genuinely like, I don't want this to like sound weird, but like, I'll let him have that. Yeah, for sure. Like, cause his shit is like gospel chop city. Like I do some gospel chops, but it's still very much like death, like death core drumming. Like I'll just a lot of blast beats and, and fast, fast stuff. Yeah. There's some gospel chops and like, I do like cymbal accents but he, the craziest shit that he's doing is like these gospel chops that are so fast and so insane. Like these patterns are like so insane. And then also like polyrhythms that I don't understand. And that's the thing. It's like if I did put all of this time into doing it, I wouldn't, I know that realistically, I don't think I would ever actually be able to, I don't think I would ever be in a band where I would actually be able to use uh -huh. like a fucking 19 over 13 polyrhythm. <laughs> right. And so like, while I think that's like unbelievable that people can do that, I just don't like, I love drums, but like, I don't care enough because I, I have fun, like no matter what, but like, I feel like that would ruin practicing that much would legitimately like ruin the fun for me. It could. Yeah. And I, I genuinely only care. Like, I don't know if I don't want this to sound like lame, <laughs> but I just like, as long as I'm like more than good enough to play for who I need to play for, yeah. then I feel like I don't need to worry about it. Definitely. Also, mainly because I love singing maybe more than I love drumming. <laughs> and I very much have been practicing that. And yeah. like, there's only so much time. Yeah. You know? well, and so it's like, I'm going to have to make a compromise at some point. Like I'm either going to have to like sing less, like, stop like practice singing less and practice drums more and i i don't think i want to do that i would just rather 
have a solid balance of being just hopefully very good at both. And yeah. I would be very happy with that. So it's funny you mentioned that because literally on my, I write notes before and I have written here, rather be full-time singer or drummer. <laughs> <laughs> because I like your singing videos, you post a good amount of them. Um, and uh, you're very good, like a lot of talent there um that obviously has like a lot of potential right and uh just as far as tonality and singing quality and everything like the singing stuff is really really good and um for the people that haven't seen uh bryce's uh instagram like go to his instagram look at his singing videos they're you know you're like on uh like that very much so you could be like a famous pop singer like type level oh, yeah. it's my favorite genre dude. Yeah. thank you and so like cool. very much so it's it's all there um and so yeah i literally wrote it here like because clearly you have a passion and clearly you have um some raw talent there because that's not necessarily something you can um I, I feel like that singing to the level that you do is not something you can necessarily learn in some ways you have to have some natural talent um yeah thank you I appreciate that. And so would you rather be like a, a singer than a drummer? I feel like every other day I feel like I genuinely do. And like I flip, dude, yeah. because I I love it so much. The only reason why I think I would say no is because I do – like I still get to be a ham playing drums. Like I'm just fucking smiling and having a blast the whole time. But I get to sit down and be at in the back. Yeah. And I really like that. And and I genuinely don't know how y'all do it. Like being the fucking face, like the front, literally the front man. I mean, it, I mean, your band is literally your band. Like, so it's like maybe a little different, but like even, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just that alone, knowing that ev- like you are in front of everyone and you're who people listen to, like statistically people if there's vocals, like people's ears are drawn to vocals, like first, right? you know, like it's just, that's, so it's like, that is so scary to me. <laughs> and I like, don't, it's like the Ricky Bobby thing from Talladega <laughs> nights. If like, I've never not been sitting down in the back. Yeah. So like, I'd be like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> what do I do with my body? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, so I think that's the only thing that scares me is like, I, I love to sing, but, actually thinking about performing a show is so scary because i'm not sure what i would do and i don't want to look like a <laughs> like a terrified awkward puppy on yeah stage. <laughs> yeah that's that's that would definitely have to be like a whole another 15 years on the grind to you know get get down it's exactly <laughs> but uh I mean, as far as like a studio thing, though, like you absolutely have the capability of doing that with your voice. Um, one thing for me that because I actually my my label freaking convinced me to do a, a like kind of a really poppy like singing project um, and that not really? a lot of people know about because uh, I'm, I'm signed with Universal. And so my label was like, oh, we'll use all of our Universal side to get you pushed on TikTok and all this kind of crap. So I have a whole record out there of like me singing some like poppy kind of hip hop stuff. No, um, please send that to me if you can. I fucking <laughs> would love to hear that too. Yeah. And I, my problem with that realm of things is I, I had the realization when writing lyrics for that kind of stuff is, um, I didn't have the personality to be a popular person in that realm. 
you know? Like, really? like I just don't think that I, I'm not like young, funny, talking about fun, cool things. Like I'm writing, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had the personality to be popular in that realm. Um, do you think that with the voice that you have, do you think that you could write some like studio stuff and just have like some online stuff in that realm that you just like, you know, get some streaming money on, you never even have to play shows. So that's actually what I've been doing for like the last two years. So I have an EP that I have done. It's very much like a, I have this joke where I call it like a great, it's like great value circus survive EP. Okay. <laughs> Cause I'm just, it's like, you can, there's a lot of saves and influence. There's a lot of circuit influence. Some like dance, Gavin dance. It's like, it's very much that genre. Like, um, like very 2008, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so I have that done, but I'm just finishing up. Like I want to put it out. Like I've already put like at least five, $6,000 into the EP, yeah. which is honestly like knowing how much stuff costs. Now I, I did cheap out in a, in a few ways. And then I tried to not cheap out. Once I realized I was cheaping out, I was like, <laughs> I need to not do this. Yeah. Um, so I like, so I like, I got, uh, a buddy of mine that lives in LA now, I did it with him and he helped. I can't play, you know, I can only sing and play drums. So I paid my friend Jojo to help me write. Like I only had, I had the whole EP written, but only as like vocals only. Really? Like I just would record like a verse and a chorus and like not, not even really have lyrics yet. Yeah. But I would just have cat melodies and I paid him and brought these melodies to him. And we literally like together, like we wrote a whole five song EP, like around this stuff. And then once I, there was music around it, I was like, Oh, I can easily finish these songs now that yeah. I like have a vibe to go off of. So I finished the EP and then I, we weren't like super happy with the masters just because he hadn't, he he's I love his mixing, but he hadn't been mastering super long, and he was using like an ozone plugin for sure for mastering, which is fine. But we just in the end, we both like our gut feeling was like, yo, like we it was so crazy. Like I was literally recording. I was like in Philly, like recording music videos for the Shadow album that just came out, and I had this like weird feeling, like in the pit of my stomach. I was like, I really think that I need to get this EP remastered and I'm not even kidding. As soon as I had that feeling, I literally got a call from him and he goes, Hey dude, I know we haven't talked in a while. I know this is like out of the blue, but like, I just have this gut feeling like we really need to get this remastered. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Me? <laughs> and I was, I had just recorded drums with Grant and Carson that fucking record August Burns red yeah. era North Lane, every fucking metalcore band, Silver Chord as well, fucking super sick. Um, and I was like, "Yo, how much would you guys charge me to fucking remaster it?" They only they charge they gave me like a crazy fucking cheap deal, so I jumped on it. So it it sounds way better now. Sick. I'm like happier with the masters, and then I've gotten like, I'm I still need to get like an actual like very cool and like legit music video made for a song. Yeah, but I do have like two. They're like hybrid music videos, but also lyric videos. Yeah. It's like kind of weird. Like I did actually shoot some stuff. Um, 
but like it's also they're also lyric videos and then i got promo pictures taken so i'm basically just trying to like i have this ep ready i just want to make sure i have everything ready to like release it properly and then the last thing i have to do is find the very last thing i do before i put it out is find a marketing team because i didn't we know how this goes when you just put out I've learned this lesson a hundred times with every local band I've ever been in and every local band I've ever seen put out music ever. We know what happens when you just, you can spend $10,000 on an album, but if you just put it out and then like are just doing like, just like Facebook ads and you don't even know how to target things or you don't know anything, you're basically going to waste that money because literally the only people that are going to hear that are your friends and you're going to have 50 monthly listeners. Yep. And that's just, that's just how it goes. And that's no, that's genuinely no shade towards anyone because I've literally been in and started at least like five bands that that's happened to. And that's, that's the only reason that I know that, you know? And so I'm like, dude, I love this too much. I fucking, I literally cried in the booth tracking every song. Yeah. It's like, it's a super emo EP, you know? Yeah. So it's, it means a lot to me. And I was like, I did not put my whole heart and soul and my fucking all the money that I had at the time, like every penny that I had to make this happen, to just give up at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. So I want to make sure I, I, I am going to put it out before the year is over. Um, but yeah, I think I basically, even if I don't get the music video done, I pretty much have everything to put it out right now. I just need to find yeah the right marketing team for and sure. We'll we'll do that. And with all that, like with the, like making sure that you have the right push and you give it the most potential. Like one thing I've always said for myself with the Browning is, um, like, I feel like the Browning has a purpose in, um, the whole music world. And I mean, that just might me be, might be me thinking, you know, that my crap's better or more important than it is. But anyways, that's how I feel nonetheless. Um, because I feel like, that I have a duty to bring this like unique sound to the masses. And so I've said a million times, I will never stop doing the Browning until I feel like it's gotten its most potential in the most reach. And so like, if you're super passionate about this music and this goes to anybody like, yeah, you need to invest some into a proper marketing thing so that it can have the most potential to reach the most people. Um, exactly, and that, that's otherwise a, it's like a disservice yeah. to not only yourself but your art. Yeah, like you have to give it the proper chance, and like, like you're saying, like is is it you know is it annoying that like like that's the world that we live in to where like it's not a place anymore where you can just put out an album and oh my god it sold fucking a hundred thousand that doesn't yeah. really happen anymore. Yeah, but instead of like being negative about it, like we just have to do what we have to do, and if that means that we have to save some money like yes it sucks to spend money but like bro if you've spent like like we're saying if you're spending an average album or ep if it's really done well it's going to cost ten thousand dollars just to have even just to even have good sounding songs dude if you're spending that much money is it is it really that bad to spend you know on the low end like fifteen hundred two thousand dollars just to make sure that people hear it exactly absolutely not i I don't think that's ridiculous at all oh for sure i think it's a necessity super smart and like you have like like you're saying you have to like give it a fair chance you know yeah and even like with how successful like the browning has been i still feel that there's still untapped 
potential. And so it's like, even still to this day where I am, I'm like, I still have to keep pushing this to another level. So still working with different marketing teams, still figuring out the right people to be able to push things in the right way. Like it's, it's a never ending grind in that sense, but like you have to give your music the most potential that it can have, or it, or you'll feel really bad about it. Like really. Um, Exactly. And I, it's weird. Cause like I already, like it's not even out yet, but I literally like, that's why I'm doing this is because I literally like already preemptively feel that like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like I, I can already feel that I know I will never let myself live this down and I will regret it for the rest of my life. If I cheap out <laughs> exactly. and give up at the end, exactly. And just put it out. Well, it's all, like, I can't I wait can't. to hear it. I'm interested. Cause like, um, your voice is, is very, very nice. And the, the few ones that I've watched on your Instagram, it's like some acoustic stuff and some piano music that you're singing over. And so I'm interested to hear full band stuff that you're doing. Maybe you should uh, take we'll it like uh, right after this. like from Autumn to Ashes era, just do drums and sing at the same time. Hell yeah. I actually have been practicing that, and I can do like at least one song on the EP like that. Yeah. Not the whole thing yet, but that shit is fucking hard as fuck, dude. Really? <laughs> I definitely, if I do ever play a show, I will definitely bitch out and just hire a, a good drummer and then <laughs> not go. worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> the, so whenever you're playing drums for stuff like Shadow of Intent, um, I, I've i talked about this um, even in one of my most recent podcasts where I talk about whenever I'm on stage, like what's going through my mind. Um, but so for stuff like what you're playing that's so intense – are you like hard focused on what you're playing or is it second nature to where you're kind of just like hitting these rhythms and making it happen? Or are you like, it's like straight straight autopilot at this point. Yeah. Um, I think mainly like it's, it's so strange because at first I thought it was just because like I had played the songs enough times, but even like the last two were like, we played a song that we had never played before off the new album. And I hadn't played it. I literally hadn't played it in almost a year since I tracked it. I hadn't played it once since I tracked it. And then like the tour before that, same thing. Like there was a song that like I didn't even play on that was off like their biggest record that I had to learn. But even with those songs, like and having never played it, I still I don't I don't know. I still felt like I didn't have to think about like all I'm thinking about, like genuinely, is I'm just scanning the room. Yeah. And like making like ridiculous faces at people and trying to make people smile and laugh. Dog. There you go. Like that's like, that's like all I'm doing. It's just like, and also just like, there's been plenty of shows where I'm doing that. And then it'll just like hit me like that. There's like a thousand people fucking <laughs> in this room watching us rip. Yeah. And then, and then I think about playing to five people and then I literally like start crying like as yeah. I'm playing and I'm like, this is like the fucking sickest shit in the world. <laughs> like, how did this happen? Definitely. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's what I think about. It's like, I, I guess I genuinely feel like I don't ever actually think about what I'm what I'm playing. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of touring musicians have that. It's just like really a, like it just becomes so second nature or you've listened to the music so much that and um there was this really cool, uh, I forgot where I heard it. Uh, maybe it was just another podcast, but they were talking about, um, how visual learning and like repetition of thinking of something in your head is something that can actually help more than actually doing it. So, um, essentially just sitting there. 
just imagining yourself playing these songs as you're listening to them is could actually be better practice than just sitting down at the drums even sometimes. It's funny that you say that because I, I literally haven't actually practiced before a tour in like four years. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not even kidding. Like every gig I've ever gotten, like even when I'm like learning songs, like every band I've ever had to fill in for every crazy tour, anything I've ever done, I literally just listen to the songs and like, don't even really air drum it just in my head. I'm like, yeah, this is where this is. I'm going to be hitting this at this point. Yeah. And, and then I, and then the next thing I know I have to play it on stage. <laughs> right. And I never it. And like every record I've tracked like that as well. Like I never have, I've not touched a kit and then yeah. I just go into the studio and then I have to play it. But like, it doesn't matter because like in my head, I've already done it yeah. like a thousand times. Exactly. That's really cool that you bring that up. I feel like I've always wondered that because I'm like, I, I genuinely, some people have like said, I'm like crazy. They're like, there's no better practice than actual practice. But I'm like, yo, I literally never practiced dog. Like yeah. ever. I never touched my drums except for tour ever. Yep. And so it's like, you can't tell me, like, not to sound weird, but like, you can't tell me that I'm not ripping right now. Yeah, right. And I haven't touched the drum kit, dog. So like, there's something going on. Yeah, here. yeah. You know, there's something to this. I think it's uh, yeah. Like, if you just sit there and visualize yourself doing something, it like really like implants it into your brain even better than physically doing it. And um, I need this- to try that with other things now too. Right. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> and um, so with these tours, like how did it like I've toured with some like legendary bands. I'm doing air quotes, legendary bands. Um, but not necessarily in like the core realm. Like I've toured with like static X fear factory, like a bunch of bands like that. Um, how, how was it touring with like Asley dying Whitechapel, like these bands that literally made our genre, what it is today. It's like so crazy, dude. Like, I mean, it's definitely like weird at first because you don't like you're still like starstruck yeah and like you don't like now that we know what punishers are (laughs) you don't want to be the punisher yeah definitely so it's like so weird because like you're you you feel like you're allowed to punish them slightly because they literally (laughs) let you on the tour but at the same time you're like not trying to blow it yeah um but, but there's i definitely feel like with all like even Cannibal Corpse too. Like honestly, they were like the like the nicest. They're like one of the nicest bands ever. But even with every band, all like all of them, they it definitely takes like at least a week or so for them to like kind of get comfortable. I feel like like want to walk um, up and say what's up. Once or something. they do, it's genuinely like it's so surreal because like you're just having genuine normal conversations every day with people that yeah the people that you just straight up used to like think was god when you were a kid (laughs) you know what i mean it's like it's so crazy dude it's like so cool yeah and it's uh dude like phil bozeman is like so fucking everyone in whitechapel is like so fucking funny and like you would never know like because they they hang on their bus a lot you know they've been doing this a while so like you can't blame and like they're going to, they get punished everywhere they go. So like, you know, of course they're going to like hide out a bit, but once they did start hanging out and like, I, I spent some more time around Phil, he's like so funny. And like, 
just to to see somebody that you used to think, you know, like back in the day, he was like the deathcore vocalist. Yeah, you know, and it's like to see the guy walking around making fart sounds with his mouth and like pretending to fart and like if somebody <laughs> actually farts it's like the funniest thing in the world to him like it's like one of his favorite things is like farting and like farts just in general are like so funny yeah that's so funny to me too right like these are just you know like everyone's just a normal dude right you know and I, and i think i wish like I've been a, I've made that mistake when I was younger, like idolizing people. Yeah. But I think that's also dangerous because like they're still humans. Right. You know? And so it is it, it is like pretty surreal, like actually getting to see that side of these people, you know, that you looked up to. It's like it's really crazy. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean it it is uh hard to not feel like that around people that um you look up to so much or that you've just inspired to be like in some certain ways and like even people like I'm the Browning still at the level that I can go out to the merch table and talk to fans after the show. You know, I'm not going to get bombarded with 40 people or a hundred people. It's not like, it's not like we're fucking Justin Bieber. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I go out and I talk to people after the shows and they're just like, it's so crazy. You're out here and you're just like hanging out. And it's like, yeah, we're just, we're here chilling and I'm just having a normal conversation. And so I've had those moments too with some people um, like uh, I had it with Brooke from impending doom. He was like the biggest influence on me as a vocalist, like growing up. And I I was like, I'm not going to like fanboy, but I have to tell you that like I'm my stage presence. Everything about me is because of you. And then I can all walk away. Like I just have to say that. (laughs) See that that's not, that's not punishment though. Yeah. That's just like, that's cool. Right. And I like that. Yeah, and I, I just, um, man, I was speaking of drummers. Whenever we were going on tour with Fear Factory, I was so stoked because Gene Hoagland was their drummer, um, but he went and played with Testament whenever we toured with them. And I'm like, God dang it! Like that was one of the things I was most excited for. Same. You know, Gene Hoagland, crazy. He's one of my favorite drummers. Oh, he's definitely one of mine as well. I actually met him on that Cannibal Corpse tour. And I literally made like the biggest fool out of myself because I was just genuinely so starstruck and he was so nice and like trying to have a normal conversation with me. (laughs) And like, I could not talk dude. Yeah. Like I kept stuttering and like, it was so bad that I legitimately just had to pretend like I needed, like my drums were already set up, but I was like, all right, yeah, I gotta go set my drums up because (laughs) I just was embarrassing myself. And then I just fucking left. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, but he's like the nicest guy, dude. Like, it's that's that's so cool. Like somebody, you know, like there's of course there's like shitheads, like people that like break your heart and you meet them and they're like yeah. total buttheads. But it, it's really relieving when when you meet like an an actual like metal legend like that, mm-hmm. and they're just a fucking cool dude. Yeah, that just that just really like makes it's refreshing. It gives you hope, you know. Yeah, because you- not every. Not everyone's going to be a butthead once they reach a certain point. Yeah, and so it, it definitely is refreshing to have that because there's definitely is some nightmare situations on tours meeting some random people like that. But, um, like, it's a... Plenty I, of uh, heroes have been ruined for me oh, over the years. <laughs> definitely, yeah. And um, 
with your drumming just in general because um, uh, it's not I, I think you're the first drummer besides my drummer that i've had on the podcast and so i don't would not a lot of people there are probably a lot of drummers who listen to this that never get their their crap talked about um and so uh in your realm uh as far as like stylistically is uh-huh. there uh what is it that like you're aiming for to be like the thing that when people are listening to your style that you want people like, is there something that you're doing that you want to be like the standout part of your drumming particularly? Yeah. I, I, I really like that question. I feel like my thing, my number one thing is symbol accents. Okay. Like I do. So I'm so fucking ADHD dude. <laughs> and especially in metal, there's so many, like when a riff is like sick and there's like hella accents, yeah, I'm not just trying to rip double like just only matching the accents with just straight double bass and then just riding on the hi hat. Yeah. Like no, I'm gonna match that shit with double bass, but also match each pitched thing with a similar pitched symbol. Gotcha. To really fucking really try to lock in what they're doing. I, I that that's something that I really try to do is like I really want that to be if if I did have a signature thing one day, I, I want it to be like symbol accent city yeah and like and also there there are a decent amount of drummers that do gospel chops and metal now like like matt garska like you know animals are still metal Mm -hmm. but it's like nothing but gospel chops worm shepherd the king obviously nobody can top him but i feel like in the death core world it's mostly just very straightforward metal drumming um and I, I feel like the other half of what I try to do is like, yeah, fit, like, even though it's super fast music and not like as open or as groovy as Animals is most of the time, I still want to fit in gospel chops yeah, a lot. Definitely. <laughs> but probably th- those two things are like what I try to focus on. Yeah. And uh, you, it seems like you sit really far back from your kick. Whenever I you're- do. It's very weird. I don't know why. I actually noticed that from videos that, that I posted from the last tour. Yeah. And somebody pointed that out, and I didn't notice. And then I looked, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I really do <laughs> sit, like, further back. And I'm not even – dude, I'm short. I'm 5'9", dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm 6'4", or something. That would make sense. But I I'm yeah. just, I don't know. I'm just fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was wondering if you did that to like um, kind of be lighter on your feet for like swivel stuff. Because you do you mainly do the single strokes? You're not doing double strokes on the kick. So I, I don't do any doubles. I yeah. only do singles. Yeah. And I and I do like the weird like Shannon Lucas like Black Dahlia, you all that remains. Do the swivels and stuff and double bass technique, which is just it's just called the twitch. Okay. Which is literally what we used to like when you were in school and just nervously tapping your leg. Yeah. That's literally how I play double bass. Okay. Like even like the fastest that I play is just me twitching like that as fast as I possibly can. Yeah. And I just practice practice that. Um which is like super weird. But <laughs> <laughs> I do want to learn doubles just because like 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 we were talking about Austin earlier, just just hearing and seeing him rip double bass that fast. And like obviously people love it, but like even if people didn't love it, it's just so sick 
that right. I feel like I just have to. And like Bob, dude, Bobby fucking Crow from Signs of the Swarm yeah. is so fucking sick. Like also an insane drummer. Like, and he was the bassist originally, like just insanely talented. Like same thing, like ripping doubles perfectly clean at 300 every night. And it's just like, all right, part of me wants to do that because I literally, like, I can't do that with singles. Yeah. So that would be really cool. Yeah, but and for people for now, that... I do just the Twitch. For people that aren't drummers, whenever we're talking about doubles, it's it's literally each beater's doing two hits. So dun 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 dun. And so like each time they're going, their foot moves. They're doing two hits with it. And I personally do not understand how they're doing it. Like with like, <laughs> I can do double strokes with my hands, but with feet, it just it blows my mind. Like I was watching the drummer of Warm Shepherd. Um, oh, playing. he's so sick, and he's a kid, dude. He's yeah. like twenty. 19 yeah. i think he's at 19 18? still something like that yeah yeah oh and, and so it's like i just i can't imagine i can't fathom it because his when you're watching his feet are moving like pretty slow seemingly it's like <laughs> half the yeah it's half the, the speed it's crazy it just sounds incredible and you're like wait a minute <laughs> this is not <laughs> yeah I whenever I was drumming, uh, like fast double bass was like all I cared about. Um, it was like a hundred percent what I wanted to do, and um, they used to have these like speed competitions where they would have people set up on a kick with a trigger on it, and then it would count how many kicks they do per minute. Um, oh no! Yeah, it was like it was my favorite thing to watch, and like like George Colias and the big people back then. It was like all it was the the fast kick drumming like competitions. I want I want that to happen now. Like it would be so much faster. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like literally like insane now. Yeah, I would I would love <laughs> to see that. Just ripping doubles and shit, dude. It's just they should redo. They should do it again. The yeah. doubles edition. I mean, that'd <laughs> be the king of doubles. That'd be sick to do in the modern world at like a festival where a bunch of bands are. Someone just brought a setup and just was like, "Here, come come do your kicks." And that is like a genius idea, and I would pay. At least a small amount of money to see that happen. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be so sick because I I don't know with how it is now, dude. Drumming is so extreme, and I just see it becoming more and more extreme with uh, with where yeah. metal's going and with what's popular. Um, yeah, because I mean, it's scary, dude. I wouldn't have imagined that stuff like um, Shadow of Intent or Lorna Shore that realm i would not have imagined that being one of the most popular subsets of metal oh i mean me either dude and so i wouldn't have imagined any of this when i was a kid right it's and, like so cool and so where do you think like why do what do you think the trend is like why is it going heavier and more extreme because it's not only just heavier it's like mm-hmm. like your vocalist uh he's doing you know black metal vocals at times you know yeah and so, mm-hmm. why do you think that that's becoming the most pop, like the most popular subset of metal, like this very extreme stuff? I don't know. I think it's like a shock, like a shock factor thing. Maybe that's not the right word, but like, I think that's like that's like I feel like that's why Infant Annihilator took yeah. off because I mean Dickie was doing what, like that the part in in you know in Lorna's song that like made yeah. them blow up. Dicky Allen was doing like that's that's why Infinite Annihilator was big was because they were doing that like ten years ago. Yep, but not the exact same way. Yeah, and so I but I do just genuinely think that like 
most people are so just impressed with metal vocals as it is um, that they just, I think, I, just, I think genuinely people just like want to see the crazy, like what a human is capable of doing basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the more the time goes along, I, that's what I feel like it is, is it's just like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a flex off basically True. between every band now. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, but it's also like dangerous. But yeah. I feel like we're falling into it because we're working, we're going to be working. I mean, we're already working on new music now. And like, we've already taken that direction of like, we've taken a lot of things that have come out as like a challenge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it it's like, but in a cool way, it's like, okay, if everyone else is going to flex, then we can flex too and right. see what happens. You know what I mean? And if, and if that's what it, like if that's what it turns into, like I really hope that that's not what music actually turns into. It's just like fun to do sometimes, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Well, it just it definitely seems like that's the thing right now. At, a, like, at a minimum, need, it like, evolves. The craziest, grossest sounding vocal <laughs> that you can do. That's what kids want to see. The fastest fucking. If you can play four hundred BPM somehow then that's what kids are going to want to see next yeah you know what i mean i think it's just like the whatever the boundaries of a human being are <laughs> they want to see that fucking shit definitely like, <laughs> and I, I think that that it honestly might be stemming from uh the metalcore realm being so monotonous currently um i, I, I just think that metalcore and even a lot of the popular deathcore uh, really became yeah, just like very samey. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people like. I mean, you said too. It is like talking about the metalcore thing, like on the deathcore side. Look how many bands there are now that like not only are doing the symphonic stuff, but like also it's like it's like it's like deathcore but symphonic black metal deathcore. Yep. There's like so many bands like that now. Yep. And. Not that long ago, there was like five right. or something. You know what I mean? And that's a good question. I, I genuinely am curious why that is becoming more common. That's something I would actually like to know because right. it is pretty crazy. Well, I think you're... Like did, I feel like that became like very popular like just within the last you know, five years or so. Yeah. If even that long, and I, I think that you're right too. I think it is a partial like, um, I don't know if flexing is the right term, but pushing boundaries, I guess, uh, in the yeah. sense of um, trying to expand the sound, trying to make it more extreme, trying to make it more that. And then, from my point, uh, from the same thing, it's also uh, just interesting because it is different, and boundaries are actually being pushed. Whereas in like metalcore everyone's writing basically rock songs with a breakdown. Um, that's, that's a good point, actually. And so I think that I it's... I never thought about it that way, but that's actually a very good point. I think that people want something different. They want something exciting. And mm -hmm. I think metalcore fans that are that truly love metal and want to be excited, I think that the deathcore and the heavy realm is what is the, is the part of metal that actually is doing exciting things currently. And so... I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and um, I just, um, you know, I I really love seeing what's happening, and I, I do like Shadow of Intense music quite a lot because of the symphonic side. Like, some of my favorite stuff is, like, um, Gateways by Demi Borgir, like, the... Uh, yeah. 
one of my favorite songs ever. And so I'd see um, a young band like Shadow of Intent being the people that can kind of start taking over that realm and start being the bands that are um, being that for a younger audience and just making a new wave of it. And so um, I definitely see perfect. that. Like I think like exactly what we're trying to do kind of. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, that's definitely like Chris is like probably biggest influences in his writing is yeah. definitely Demu. Yeah. And I, it's good. It's cool that you can hear it too. But it's, I also think it's cool that like, he also, it's just so fascinating that you can, it's so cool to me when you can hear someone's influence, but it's not a ripoff. Yeah. Definitely. That's like an art. That's like an art form of itself to me. Yeah. If you can, if people, if like people can obviously hear your influences, but there's not a single time where they're like, wow, this is like a straight ripoff of this band or this band. It's just like, that's really cool to me. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think you guys are doing it uh, all perfectly. I think you're expanding the sound. And I think that right now, even with there being so many symphonic bands, I, I think that uh, Shadow of Intent like stands out quite a bit. And then also, you guys are really taking advantage of all the opportunity that you're getting right now, and you're actually out there. And I'm excited to see y'all's headliner too, um, and see how that turns out. Um, but yeah, man, uh, everyone needs to go look at your Instagram because not only is there going to be crazy drumming on there, but also the singing videos. Like the first one I saw that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I do love that. It's like yeah. my favorite reaction from people is like, it is truly such a juxtaposition. Because, like, you know, we're playing, like, 300 BPM music, but then as soon as I'm in the fucking band, the first thing I turn on and the only thing I listen to on tour is Justin Bieber. Yeah, there like, you go. Like, seriously. Like, it, and that's just how it is. And I think it's, like, so cute and funny when people, like, realize that. They're like, oh, wait, this is, like, kind of weird, but, like, all right. I'm like, yes. And, <laughs> and one thing I love, too, about your singing videos is I can tell that you're actually singing it in that moment. Hell yeah. And it's not pre-recorded. That means well, that means and, a lot. And so, like, I can actually tell that. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves is people posting vocal videos where it's pre-recorded. And so I can tell that you're singing it right then. And um, so definitely everyone go check out Bryce's stuff. And, I mean, really, I not only just uh, what Shadow of Intent is doing currently, but I can see you, like, I, I legit get the vibes from when Jason Richardson was getting popular. I get that sort of vibe from you right now. And so I'm very excited to see what you're doing when you're 40. Thank you, bro. That (laughs) means a lot. I actually was going to bring this up. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember messaging me on MySpace to ask me to join the Browning when I was 17 years old? I did? Yes. Heck yeah. Why didn't you join? What the heck? I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> like, I genuinely don't. It was literally a MySpace message. And you were like, yo, what's up? It's Johnny from the Browning. I also was in this band called As Blood Runs Black. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and I was like freaking out. And then like, I don't, re- I don't remember what happened. I think a friend of mine also uh, auditioned at that time and got it. Like, I never ended up trying out, but like a friend of mine got it like not long after that. Yeah. But I don't remember why I never went for it. I was like in a, it was like, ironically, it was like a year after I did that Craigslist Christian band thing I told you about, like where I started and that band broke up and and we started a new band and that was the band that I was in. Okay. So, so maybe I was like delusional and thought we were going to make it (laughs) 
<laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Of why I wouldn't have done it, but or you're like, wow, that that name is really day, stupid. I was like, that's <laughs> so fucking small world, dude. Yeah. And then you moved, and like, cause you were you you moved to Dallas to start the band, right? Yep. I I actually okay, got so all the that's why. Okay. I got all the original members off of Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if you're trying to start a band, fucking go to Craigslist. There we go. That's the moral of this story. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, no, that's crazy. No, I didn't I didn't realize that. But you know, it's never too late, man. You know? That's so cool. <laughs> that's seriously so fucking cool. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Small world. Uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you talking to me. And uh, everyone, all of Bryce's stuff is going to be in the description. And so definitely go check out everything this dude's doing because he's going to be the metal drummer and the next like Jason Dorillo or something like that. So <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Sweet. I appreciate it, man. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, bro. Appreciate you so much. Yeah. Peace out. Thank you for listening through that episode and making it all the way to the end. And before you move on to the next episode, I would like to ask you again to please leave a five-star review. That helps push us to the algorithm, and we are one of the fastest-growing metal podcasts in the world. And so that helps it grow even more and to reach more people. And so, again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace out.